Today is Monday, January 22nd, 2024. We got the memes, baby. Ron DeSantis drops out and endorses Donald Trump. This is a very, very good thing. And we're very proud of our governor here in Florida for doing this. We'll explain why Fulton County Board of Commissioner launches probe into Fannie Willis. Uh-oh, SpaghettiO. Who could talk about corrupt government actions? No one better than Cash Patel. Who joins the show, baby? Cash Patel coming on the show. My name's Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. We will be covering in this program how we are going to protect America. But first, you should protect yourself by investing in precious metals. You should invest in precious metals with my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold are the only people that I trust to ensure that I have a future and that the fiat currency that gets put into my bank account every single year, a little bit of it gets turned into something that hedges against the dollar. That's the reason why countries all around the world are buying gold. It's because gold holds its value. If you go to Allegiance Gold, you can convert into physical gold or you can get a gold-backed IRA or 401k. Trust the professionals at Allegiance Gold. They've earned my trust. Go to protectwithbenny.com today or call 844-66-BENNY. Get up to $5,000 in free silver with a qualifying purchase. Protect your future now with Allegiance Gold. Ron DeSantis, out, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I don't want to brag. I try as hard as we try as hard as we can on this program to 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 stay humble, okay? But we did publish the news that Ron DeSantis was dropping out before Ron DeSantis dropped out. We read the tea leaves. The great producer ALX actually uh, looked through his events calendar and found that. Ron DeSantis had no events listed on his calendar. Uh, we looked through his media hits and found that Ron DeSantis was canceling media hits and began to call people that we knew inside of the DeSantis campaign. And those people told us, it's over, it's over. He's gonna drop out before New Hampshire. Nobody was saying this, by the way. Nobody was making this um, connection. But we were at this program. And so yesterday, early, right in the right in the morning, we had the instinct. We're like, we got to go live. Here's the great producer, ALX, follow him on X, uh, saying, whoa, 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 hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. RonDeSantis.com events. Nothing there. Again, we're not trying to brag, but we were up early with the news that Ron DeSantis had secretly dropped out of the race. And well, ladies and gentlemen, if you were tuning in, I mean, it's Sunday, so we didn't have a live show. But if you were tuning in, you got the news before everyone else on Earth did. Ron DeSantis officially dropped out hours after we published our YouTube video um, and did so, I think, in a very gracious way. Now, this is, of course, an important moment for the movement, and it is the right thing for Ron DeSantis to do. Because after Iowa, before Iowa is one thing, okay? Before Iowa is one thing, you can listen to all these terrible advisors. After Iowa is totally different. There's only one person that did the right thing after Iowa, which was Vivek Ranswamy, who said there's no data path forward. The night of Iowa, Vivek just like, I'm endorsing Donald Trump. Done. It's done. There's no path forward and we got to beat Joe Biden. Boom. There you go. That move, if you're talking about the chess pieces on the chessboard, that move, it, it made for a Trump dominant performance in New Hampshire. You can see the polling here will pull up, of course. Uh, let's grab the real clear politics. Uh, not, not, uh, there we go. Uh, no, against um, Donald Trump, against the rest of the Republican field, please. Uh, that move meant that we weren't going to fracture the America first vote in New Hampshire. 
That move alone meant that Donald Trump gained eight, 10 points in New Hampshire, where Nikki Haley was actually rising pretty quickly. And you could see there in the polling against Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, um, what didn't happen is that Ron Santos and Nikki Haley didn't drop out and they continued a run against Trump with no data to back up the reason for them staying in the race, which is very confusing. So then why are you in the race? Well, one is a vanity project for you. You yourself uh, refuse to believe reality and you live in disillusionment that you're going to be president, Nikki Haley or Ron DeSantis, or two, which is far more malevolent, you're waiting for something terrible to happen to Trump, which is like truly what every leftist is doing right now. So then you're the same as the left. So you're, you're literally perched like a vulture above Trump waiting for something bad to happen, for him to go to jail, for him to be put in a Guantanamo Bay, whatever, right? Like that's, so those are the only two options after Iowa. Before Iowa is a totally different universe. After Iowa, Ron DeSantis made the right decision. And I've said this on our program and I'll say it once more. Ron DeSantis is the best governor, living governor in my lifetime, period. It's why I moved my most precious uh, possession, my family, down to Florida. I literally made that decision in part because Ron DeSantis was such a damn good governor. And I agree with his policies down here in this state. I wish to raise my family in this state. There's no greater endorsement that I could possibly make for Ron DeSantis. Now, two things can simultaneously be true at the same time. Ron DeSantis can be the best governor, best chief executive of a state in America and in my lifetime, I would argue. Uh, he can also be the worst presidential candidate uh, of my lifetime. I don't think that there's ever been a worse presidential candidate. And it's strange because you'd assume that one thing one thing would correlate with the next, but that's just not the way it works, okay? So you have a situation where Ron DeSantis was surrounded by just awful, awful uh, consultants, staffers, people telling him to do literally everything wrong. And it led to a campaign that just really didn't have sticking power and blew through some $300 million, which is a lot of money that I, in hindsight, really wish could have been spent on securing ballot chasers, uh, securing our elections, lawsuits in blue or purple states in order to secure elections, uh, infrastructure for ensuring like Republican turnout. $300 million can change the course of an election. $300 million can win an election if spent correctly. And so I really wish, obviously, that that donor money had been spent on ensuring our election infrastructure was secure for Republicans to gain victory in November and not so that the fat consultants to Ron DeSantis could go bathe in more gold coins from Allegiance Gold. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's, you know, it, it's too bad that that's the case. But nonetheless, Ron DeSantis dropped out. He did the right thing. He saw there was no data path forward. We shouldn't spend another penny of donor money on going after what is the Republican nominee now. And we should coalesce behind Donald Trump. And as he said in his video, Ron DeSantis saying, I disagree with Donald Trump on some things, but are you kidding me? I'm going to I'm going to elect him president. I'm going to work to elect him president and make sure that Joe, Joe Biden is defeated. That's the message. Nobody ever asked for you to agree with Donald Trump 100 percent of the time. It's not possible, actually. 
What we need to do is unite to defeat a common enemy. And then life becomes much easier when it comes to the details and the margins of what we wish to do, ladies and gentlemen. Here is Ron DeSantis endorsing Donald Trump dropping out of the race. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises, and I will not stop now. It's clear to me that a majority of Republican primary voters want to give Donald Trump another chance. They watch his presidency get stymied by relentless resistance, and they see Democrats using lawfare this day to attack him. Well, I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, such as on the coronavirus pandemic and his elevation of Anthony Fauci, Trump is superior to the current incumbent, Joe Biden. That is clear. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee, and I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackage formed of warmed-over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. The days of putting Americans last, of kowtowing to large corporations, of caving to woke ideology are over. I thank all of our passionate supporters who have stood by us through it all. So, Ron DeSantis out doing the correct thing. Now, I have always said on this program and in public that it's good to let people fight. It's actually important to let Republican voters decide. And that's what happened here. It's a really valuable process. It's really good to not like lean one way or the other, or get paid for your endorsement, which of course we would never do a repulsive and grotesque practice that happens far too much for influencers and commentators and, and people in our space. And I, I wish that practice would end actually. It's really important to call balls and strikes and to ensure that the base is the one that we listen to. If more candidates did that, well, then we'd have a better Republican party. But unfortunately, the Republican Party has been a centrally funded, centrally organized uh, blorg run by a D.C. cartelized consultancy class that have selected for you over the last couple of years, George W. Bush, Dick Cheney, Mitt Romney and John McCain along with Paul Ryan, to be their standard bearers. Do those people represent you? The only person that continues to cling to power like a rat on the burned fuselage of a ship that has already sunk is Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, also a member of that class. So it is important for us to understand that the best thing to possibly do inside of these primary battles and caucus battles is to allow the Republican voters to speak and then to listen to them. It's okay. Like it's, it's, it's really, really good. It's a very, very healthy process. It is why we do the show every single day. It is why we like lean so heavily in to, to the audience here, read the comments, put them up on screen, listen and do the show for you to like have that connection to you. It's also why when we were advised, when we when we were asked to go spend debate day with Vivek, Donald Trump was on debate stage. Vivek says, hey, come, we did a documentary on it. Vivek's like, what should I say? I'm like, yeah, you should take a flamethrower to Ron McDaniel. And they're like, nobody's ever told us to do that. 
None of our consultants ever told us to do that. Like, you have no idea how much she's hated. We do the show every single day. She's despised. She's loathed. That, like, doing this gives us a real good pulse on where the country is. And if our Republican Party did more of that and listened to us more, we'd have a much better country. We also told them that Tucker Carlson, say Tucker Carlson should be moderating this debate and go hard at the moderator, Kristen Welker. Why is this Russian collusion hoaxer who can't say if the Hunter Biden laptop's real? Why is she moderating the debate? Do we want to lose? So it's good. What Ron DeSantis did was listen to the base and then made the correct decision saying it is Donald Trump that Republican voters want. So I'm out and I'm going to endorse Trump because that's what my party wants. Boom. That's the logical thing to do. Donald Trump himself, gracious in his acceptance of the endorsement of Ron DeSantis. Here we go. Before we begin, I'd like to take time to congratulate Ron DeSantis and, of course, a really terrific person who had gotten to know his wife, Casey, for having run a great campaign for president. He did. He ran a a really good campaign, I will tell you. It's not easy. They think it's easy doing this stuff, right? It's not easy. But as you know, he left the campaign trail today at 3 p.m. And in so doing, he was very gracious and he endorsed me. So I appreciate it. I appreciate that. And I also look forward to working with Ron and everybody else to defeat crooked Joe Biden. We will have to get him out. We have to get him out. So Donald Trump had one of his more famous nicknames for Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSanctimonious is Trump's nickname for Ron DeSantis. But you can't say it anymore because Donald Trump told us that it was officially retired yesterday. Watch. Okay. You just said, will I be using the name Ron DeSanctimonious? I said, that name is officially retired. <laughs> Now, Ron DeSantis is governor of Florida because of Donald Trump. This was what I think led to sort of the sting there as we like as we move past it and as we can do the autopsy here. The sting comes from Ron DeSantis really, truly uh, based like having his entire political career um, based on Donald Trump. I mean, the guy cut ads. Get me that ad where uh, DeSantis is building the wall with his little kid. Get me that ad. Like, Ron DeSantis cut ads with his children about how much he loved Donald Trump. Donald Trump endorsed Ron DeSantis. Uh, Ron DeSantis went on to win in a very close race uh, down here. Shouldn't have been close. They stopped the fraud in Florida. And that's why Ron DeSantis actually won um, on election night. But Donald Trump's endorsement of DeSantis and then working with DeSantis made him very, very popular here, obviously. And then Ron DeSantis used very Trump-like tactics with the press and uh, in policy here in Florida to become wildly to become wildly popular, which is why Team Trump, of course, based on our conversations with people in the know, which is, of course, why it stung so much when he announced that he was running for president and why you got such such savage attacks. Uh, also, there was a point in which Ron DeSantis was polling pretty close. I mean, within 15 points of Donald Trump, right? So Donald Trump went to work on DeSantis, had to spend a lot of money. We had to burn through a lot of cash to get to this point. And now the party has officially coalesced around 
Donald Trump. Some of us saw this from the get. Some of us saw this from the very beginning, but now many people are coming around, including some people who also ran for president against Donald Trump. Tim Scott is a senator from South Carolina, and he endorsed Donald Trump also this weekend, went to a rally with him and gave a barn burner of a speech. Watch. We need a president who will close our southern border today. We need Donald Trump. We need a president. We need a president who will unite our country. We need Donald Trump. We need a president who will protect your social security and my mama's social security. And that's why I came to the very warm state of New Hampshire. to endorse the next president of these United States, President Donald Trump. What was that? <laughs> like, what? Huh? Like, what was that? I've never heard him talk like that before. Okay, fine. I mean, I heard Tim Scott give speeches and press conferences and stuff. We covered news on this program. But like, what? Get ready to rumble. What is that? What? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like, whatever, man. Whatever. Maybe he's looking for the VP slot. I don't know. I, what do I know? Maybe he's looking for the VP slot. Maybe Donald Trump, Donald Trump said he's already selected this VP. So maybe it's Tim Scott and he's just very excited. I'm not sure. Who do you want to be vice president? I think that this audience is going to say Tucker Carlson. And I would totally agree with you. Glenn Beck, uh, my old boss, actually, I used to work with the Blaze, work with Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck said there's only one choice for vice president, which is quite interesting. Um, and Glenn Beck said that he's been advising people to make a single choice for VP. Watch this clip and let me know in the comment section, what do you think about it? Last week, Donald Trump called me and he said, uh, any advice on who I should pick for vice president? Oh, really? Who, wow. who do you think? Not that he, I mean, he's probably calling everyone. But well, that's China. great that you're on that yeah. list. And so he said, who do you think? And I said, I don't know how you're going to feel about it, but this is the day, I think it was the day he trashed Vivek. And I huh. said, Vivek. Um, and he said, why do you say that? He said, that's the number one response from everybody I've asked wow. that question. And I, he said, why do you say that? And I said, A, he can defend you. He's right in your pocket. And while you're defending this, he's watching your back defending this. I said, also, um, I think he's, his, some of his ideas are really, really good. Yeah. He connects with the youth, which now the latest uh, of 18 to 24-year-olds that voted for Biden, they're not voting for Biden. So Glenn Beck says that he had a phone call with Trump. He's not lying, right? And this sort of shows the magnanimity Am I saying that correctly? Magnanimous? Magnanimity of Donald Trump? I don't know. Let me, give me that give me that word give me that word give me that word in the chat boys. The being magnanimous. 
What the, what, the act of being magnanimous. What is that word? Donald Trump, very gracious, obviously, in, in accepting uh, people like Glenn Beck, who Glenn Beck, like, let's rewind the clock to 2016. Glenn Beck was like phone banking for Ted Cruz in Iowa. Ted Cruz ended up winning Iowa, beating Donald Trump in the Iowa caucuses in 2016 by a couple points. You know, Glenn Beck was out there do, doing his face in the Cheeto Bowl stuff, right? Remember this? Grab it, grab it. Can we get that image? Glenn Beck, my poor producer said, Glenn Beck put his face in Cheeto Bowls and a Cheeto Bowl to like make fun of Donald Trump, make fun of himself, like not believing Donald Trump. Like, like this is like, but yet Donald Trump is now, Glenn Beck has obviously rolled around and Donald Trump is now calling him for advice on the vice presidency. Donald Trump being very deeply gracious to Ron DeSantis um, when Ron DeSantis endorses him. Along with Tim Scott, who hasn't said totally positive things about Donald Trump. Vivek Ronswamy, obviously they had like a barn burner of an event uh, uh, last week. Donald Trump accepting all of these brand new endorsements. Oh, man, that is a weird photo. <laughs> okay. This is what Glenn Beck looks like with Cheetos on his face. Um, he did this live trying to make fun of Donald Trump. Real photo. He shoved his face into a bowl of Cheetos in order to make fun of Donald Trump's owner skin and in order as a self-own for not predicting the the, the Trump phenomenon, right? for not predicting the MAGA movement and the America First movement. So Donald Trump like takes takes this stuff in stride. Oh my God, <laughs> no way. This is what the actual act of Glenn Beck shoving his face into Cheetos looked like. There you go. This is Glenn Beck face in bowl of Cheetos. Something I don't, I don't know. Boys, what like, should we do this on the show? Give me a reason why we should do this on the show. Not totally against it, but I haven't been wrong. I haven't been wrong about Donald Trump. I said, let them fight. And Donald Trump has won. Donald Trump won the fight. And now it's over with the exception of one person, Nikki Haley. So Donald Trump calling the people who would like come after. Donald Trump calling people who would like come after him and like actively campaigned against him. Right. In 2016, Glenn Beck for advice from Glenn Beck saying the fake. And Trump says, according to Glenn Beck, everyone tells me this which is very interesting. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. I think, however, there's one person who won't be getting the VP nomination, and that will be uh, the only person, the sole person that is still running against Donald Trump. Now, as we talked about in the beginning of the show, there's only one reason that you would still be running against Donald Trump, and that's that you hope something horrible happens to Trump uh, so that you could swoop in. That's if you're like a deep state plant or a secret Democrat and your entire campaign is focused on how much you obsessively fetishize your love for Hillary Clinton and how much you use Democrat voters to switch parties to vote for you and how much you embrace identity politics anytime that you're questioned about anything that becomes like remotely uncomfortable for you. And that person is Nikki Haley. And we've been calling Nikki Haley off as a Democrat plant from the get. Okay. We've been, we've been early to this. And just like we were early to Ron DeSantis dropping out. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Haley, not going to be VP, says Donald Trump over the weekend. Now, that is a sigh of relief to some people who had been sprinkling into the press that Nikki Haley was in consideration for being VP. Trump says Nikki Haley is backed by the deep state in the military industrial complex and is a globalist. Those are those are arguably the harshest criticisms that you could get leveled at you via Donald Trump. Check it out. 
Perhaps worst of all, Nikki Haley is backed by the deep state and the military industrial complex because they know she is a globalist and really a globalist fool who they can easily manipulate into sending hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine. Think of this. So, ladies and gentlemen, Nikki Haley um, proved us correct what we have been saying for a very long time. We have been railing against Nikki Haley on this program. Um, in part because we want this Republican primary to end. It's already door. It's done. It's over, right? The great MAGA king has been crowned. Two, because Nikki Haley is herself like a repulsive fraud. Nikki Haley, when pressured about any of her policies or any of her positions, has this reflex, and it is the precise same reflex as somebody who ran against Donald Trump a couple of years ago whose name rhymes with Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton would reflexively, when criticized, say that Donald Trump's a sexist and that he can't criticize a woman. She would immediately play the cards of identity politics. And this clip from this weekend is going just thermonuclear online of Nikki Haley playing this like stunning uh, victim card she goes to NBC News. She gets trotted out uh, on NBC News with these two, like, I don't even know who these reporters are, but they uh, they look like a meme. They're a, they're, a, they're a woke meme. They're like the cat meme with the girls pointing and screaming at the cat. We actually did that meme with Vivek of the two girls pointing at the cat. They're like these angry, bitter, intersectional feminist reporters. Got Nikki Haley to effectively, like, show them what a un, what a breathtaking intersectional feminist fraud she is and how she stands athwart everything that we are for as a movement. What the America First movement is for is not classifying people by race, by not calling America systemically racist, and by effectively saying meritocracy is king. Like we want to be uh, the uh, we want to govern for all Americans and to make this land a land of equality and not equity. Do not be so fetishized about your race or your gender. That's a sickness that obviously is injected into our veins to poison this country. <laughs> Here's the, that's the meme that we made. <laughs> so Nikki Hillary was up with those two, these two reporters. Nikki Hillary was up with these two reporters this weekend saying all criticism against me is because I'm a brown woman. I kid you not. Watch. We were the only Indian family in our small southern town. I was teased every day for being brown. So anyone that wants to question it can go back and look at what I've said on how hard it was to grow up in the deep south as a brown girl. Anybody can look at my record and see when Walter Scott was shot down by a dirty cop, how I made sure that the Walter Scott family didn't suffer because we put the first body camera bill in the country in place. Anybody can look at the fact that when we had nine amazing souls die in Mother Emanuel Church, I did something that no Republican or Democrat ever wanted to touch, which was call for the Confederate flag to come down because it would take two thirds of the House and Senate and was an impossible feat. 
I don't know what you're implying with that, but what I will tell you is saying that I had black friends is a source of pride. Saying that I had white friends is a source of pride. If you want to know what it was like growing up, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black because they didn't know where to put me. So look, I know the hardships, the pain that come with racism. It's the reason that I fight bullies every day when it comes to racism, anti-Semitism, or hate, and I always will. If I didn't mention slavery on that day, it's because that's an automatic. There's always been, the Civil War's always been known about slavery. Something that, and I look forward to doing reporting on this actually, we're going to go to Nikki Haley's hometown and just ask people if they're racist. Like, do you hate people because they're brown? I mean, it's like now we've opened, we've just effectively opened up that box, right? We've opened up that pain point, which Nikki Haley is thrilled to do at any moment, right? To run and immediately slander her own state, her own countrymen, the her own nation as, as vile racists, right? So this is Nikki Haley talking about some little South Carolina town that she was raised in. What's the name of the town? Let's get the name of the town. I look forward to sending, I'm going to, we're going to send a team up there and we're just going to ask people, are you racist? Do you hate people because they're brown? Because Nikki Haley says you do. Like, did you do that? Nikki Haley was in high school in like the 80s. You seem like a person who was alive in the 80s. Were you like viciously racist against Nikki Haley and her family in Bamberg, South Carolina? Bamberg, South Carolina. Anybody watching from South Carolina? Anyone know Bamberg? That's where Nikki Haley's from. Or were they like vile racists, like running after people and like insulting them and banning them from beauty contests in the 80s? Nikki Haley, born in the 70s. She would have been like a teenager in the 80s, the late 80s. So in the late 80s, in like the Reagan-Bush era, were there like, you, you would be banned from beauty pageants? If you didn't have the right skin color, is that what she's saying? Candace Owens had an interesting take on this. Candace Owens, somebody who is, in the words of Nikki Haley, brown in America. This is very confusing to me. Nikki Haley was born in 72. I'd assume it was the 80s before she tried to enroll in a beauty pageant. Were there segregated beauty pageants in the 80s? If not, why wouldn't they know where to put her? Why was there a mixed race Vanessa Williams crowned Miss America in 1984 when Nikki Haley was 11 years old? This seems like Nikki Haley is victim blaming, victim shaming, trying to, Nikki Haley is slandering her home state as vile race, as filled with vile racists in order to play the victim. So I'm going to need to like, we're going to get to the bottom of this. I really do. I want to like get to the bottom of this. Like were there people in Nikki Haley's graduating class? Can anyone confirm this? That Nikki Haley was like viciously attacked in the eighties because of her skin color. Again, like it's worth actually asking the question. It's worth following up on this stuff. There are other people. There are other people who like, regularly make up stories about the their their victim classes and like the horrible things that have happened to them 
Joe Biden's one of them. Hillary Clinton's one of them. And I'm starting to get like a belly full of it. I'm getting to get pretty sick of this. Uh, Vote for me because America is so racist. Vote for me because this country has been so mean to me. Uh, That is a horrible campaign. Messaging tactic is vicious. It is obviously grounded in hatred of this country. And now Nikki Haley has unlocked something like far worse than what we've criticized her for before. Which is, I just kind of hate America and think this is a horrible racist place. And this place has been horrible to me. And so you need to let me uh, ruler in order to fix all you dirty racists. In the 1980s, in the late 1980s, everyone was like discriminating against Nikki Haley because of her skin color. Really? 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 In the late 1980s, I was a little kid and I had a Michael Jordan poster on my wall. I didn't think anything of it. Well, strange that. I don't know. Maybe maybe I wasn't from South Carolina, so I just didn't know. Nikki Haley's done this before, by the way. Like, this isn't like a one-time thing. When Vivek Ramaswamy went hard in the paint against Nikki Haley in the debates, Nikki Haley immediately ran to a podcast the next day to say that Vivek has a woman problem because he criticized her and Ronna McDaniel. This is a trend. Watch. What happens? He comes out of the gate. He hits the female chair of the party. He hits the female anchor on the platform. And then he hits me. And I'm not saying anything. I ain't saying I'm just saying. But he might have a girl problem. (laughs) I'm just saying he might have a girl problem. Oh, really? Nikki Haley? You might have a fraud problem. You're a cloak and dagger Democrat who is being run as a Manchurian candidate inside of the Republican Party in order to knife us. They know that Joe Biden can't win again. They know that if they replace Joe Biden with Kamala Harris, she will do worse than Biden. And so they are going to run a Democrat inside of our primary to do their best to try and like rip the bark off Trump. Hopefully something horrible happens to Trump and she can be like a vulture sitting there perched in the graveyard and can swoop in and then they can continue to get all their policies. If you need a single clip to explain to you what Nikki Haley's policies are, listen to the way that she classifies criminal illegal aliens. Illegal immigration is the number one issue in America. Poll after poll after poll shows that the people are everyone is in like enraged by the grotesque invasion of our nation. And here's what Nikki Haley would do about it. But let's keep in mind, these people that are wanting to come here, they want to come for a better life, too. They have kids, too. They have a heart, too. They so we don't need to be disrespectful. We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. They're families that want a better life, and they're desperate to get here. Stop talking about them as criminals, even though they literally broke our laws to get here. The 1964 Immigration Act that has been passed and then ratified by Congress, including Joe Biden, every decade, is uh, uh, states in black and white that it is a felony to enter America And then it is a continuation of that felony to stay in America. And so it is a crime. Nikki Haley says, stop calling these criminal illegal aliens criminals. Like, in 
what world can you call yourself a Republican then? In what world can you call yourself a law and order Republican? Nikki Haley has endorsed BLM, marched with BLM, uh, actively slandered her own state, a good and noble Southern state, South Carolina, uh, called everyone who she grew up with vicious, vile racists that banned her from beauty pageants because of the color of her skin. And ladies and gentlemen, the reason why she has done that is she's taking a page out of the playbook, not, of course, of America First, MAGA, or the Republican Party, or the base, but taking a page out of the playbook of her hero, the person she fetishizes, the person who she truly loves, her hero, Hillary Clinton. If you have to lie to win, you don't deserve to win. I never said Hillary Clinton was an inspiration. You know, I often say that the reason I got into politics was because of Hillary Clinton. I didn't know her, although I had met her several years before at a women's professional event in Greenville, South Carolina. At that event, she had inspired me to run for office and make my voice heard. And in some ways, she remained inspiring. She is actually the reason that I made the jump. Because you write about her being a big inspiration for you. I went with my friend Eleanor Kitzman to a firm and leadership program where Hillary Clinton was speaking. And I walked out of there and I said, I'm running for office. So if somebody's hero and inspiration in life is Hillary Clinton, what do you think that they'd have to say about Donald Trump? What words would they use to describe Donald Trump? Well, we have a clip of Hillary, uh, sorry, <laughs> Hillary, Hillary Haley, Nikki Hillary yesterday on the campaign trail saying Donald Trump is as bad as Joe Biden. Oh yeah. That's what the that's what the Republican is saying here in this race. Go. You don't want to go there on whether or not they're equally bad? I mean if they were if either one of them was good, I wouldn't be running. Yes, they are equally bad. That's why I'm running. How much more evidence do you need? I know we're beating a dead horse here, and I'm uh, against animal cruelty. So we aren't going to do that on the program. We just need to state once more, Nikki Haley is a Democrat plan. That's it. A vote for Nikki Haley is a vote for the Democrat Party. Okay, fine. One more clip. Yesterday at Nikki Haley's rally, because, we, because we're alive and we pay attention and we wish to bring you the news, yesterday at Nikki Haley's rally, Nikki Hillary's rally in, I think Nikki Hillary, guys. Yeah, Nikki Hillary. Cash Patel will be on in a second and we'll ask Cash. If, I, I like the nickname Nikki Hillary. So Nikki Hillary's rally of voter, who's definitely a Republican, screams out, send Trump to, to prison. Send Trump to prison. And Nikki Haley's like, mm, girl, I got you. What are we watching? What are we even so well, this isn't the Republican Party. You're literally seeing Democrats run as Republicans as Trojan horse Manchurian candidates. It's a coup. You're watching a coup from inside the party. The military coups against Trump didn't work. The electoral coups against Trump didn't work. The Justice Department coups against Trump didn't work. So they're trying a Republican coup against Donald Trump right now. Check it out. I'm not here necessarily to bash the competition, although I'm perfectly capable of doing that. <laughs> suffice it to say, suffice it to say. 
Send Trump to prison. In case you're wondering like who the Nikki Haley voters are, they're the people who scream send Trump to prison at their Republican primaries. We don't need to play the clip again, but I, ladies and gentlemen, like we did the reporting. You can go to the, the one county that Nikki Haley won in Iowa. She won exclusively because Democrats switched parties to vote for her. Nikki Haley, Manchurian candidate. That's what's going on. It, 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 it would behoove us and actually is so hard to do on this program to be entirely fair to Joe Biden and say that Joe Biden has in fact told the truth in an instance. In a specific speech about a year ago, Joe Biden said exactly what was going to happen here and gave Donald Trump a name that is, I mean, I think actually quite appropriate and correct and proper. Joe Biden, approximately one year ago, called Donald Trump the great MAGA king. He meant it as an insult. But as of today, we know, of course, that this is truth. Watch. They're dead wrong. Under my predecessor, the great MAGA king, the deficit increased every single year he was president. The first year of my presidency, the the great MAGA king. <laughs> he said it as an insult. But now, ladies and gentlemen, Ron DeSantis has endorsed, Vivek has endorsed, Tim Scott and half the Senate, half the House, maybe more, have all endorsed Donald Trump. He is indeed the great MAGA king. Donald Trump sharing this meme, of course, on Truth Social. <laughs> Return of the great MAGA king. <laughs> Come on. Let me know if you want Donald Trump to grow a beard. We should do a poll. Pin a poll to the top of the chat right now. Donald Trump, grow a beard? Question mark? Yes or no? I want to see the results of this poll. We'll read it on the show tomorrow. <laughs> Donald Trump, grow a beard? Donald Trump also posting on Truth Social uh, soon after. The great MAGA king is the name Joe Biden is now using to describe me. Thank you, Joe. Make America great again. <laughs> uh, you just love to see it. You love the timeline. Uh Ladies and gentlemen, we are certainly uh, excited about this moment. There's going to be a lot of news breaking. We'll be live with the results of the New Hampshire primary tomorrow. Tomorrow is voting day in New Hampshire. Well, we expect that Donald Trump, we have the polls here. We expect that Donald Trump will sort of breeze. Um, but you can see here New Hampshire polls and uh, real clear, real clear politics. Obviously, Nikki Haley being the only person left in the race, she's bumped up a little bit. And Donald Trump has, of course, skyrocketed. Donald Trump leading now by 17 points uh, in the aggregate. So expect Donald Trump to win by that or as much. Uh, the polls were actually quite correct about Iowa. Uh, Donald Trump leading in the GOP nomination polls by 50 points uh, across the board. So you can see here in the other polls, uh, click, to the, click to the other one, Royce, please. Uh, you can see in the other polls, the national polls, that Donald Trump has a 50 to 60 point spread on the entire rest of the field. Ladies and gentlemen, the great MAGA king. We've got the energy to deliver the news to you because of our sweet friends at Blackout Coffee. Got the sweet Benny Brigade mug here. The salty army rolls on. Ladies and gentlemen, this Blackout Coffee, well, it's what we drink in order to ensure that we have that sweet, delicious caffeine pumping through our veins. Not the kind of stuff that Hunter Biden takes to get up in the morning. 
But it's the kind of stuff that we take because it comes, one, from the great state of Florida. Two, it's brewed by patriots and veterans who love this country a lot. And three, it's freaking delicious. I mean, it really does get you going. Blackoutcoffee.com slash Benny. Use the coupon code Benny for 20% off your first order. Check out the gear section while you're there. Super dope swag. And drink your blackout coffee out of our official. You can hear my ice there. I always drink icy ice coffee. Black, hot coffee, then iced coffee for me. But all blackout. Get your salty army mug, ladies and gentlemen. That's promo code Benny, blackoutcoffee.com slash Benny. There is a single man who is the kind of guy who you kind of want to talk to in moments like this. There's some big time breaking January 6th news. There's some big time breaking news, obviously, about the D Department of Justice coming down. Uh, uh, like, where will these cases come down on Donald Trump? Uh, what's going to what's the landscape going to look like uh, on Election Day in 2024? You got to talk to the guy inside the machine. The man himself, Cash Patel, joins the program now. Cash, I hope you don't mind me asking. And this is something I wasn't planning on doing. But Nikki Haley said that she grew up in the South in the, 19, the late 1980s. When she was a teenager, she was banned from beauty pageants because of her skin color. And that she was uh, attacked ruthlessly uh, because of her skin color in school. And she's saying that as one, a, a you know, obviously as an, as an attack against perhaps a the Republican electorate in the South, but also um, at, in order to play the victim card. Uh, I would like to get your take on uh, these comments that have gained wide circulation uh, uh, this weekend. Well, listen, as a brown man in America, I don't ever lead with that. And neither did Donald Trump when he put me in his senior post. He led with the best man or woman for the job. So if Nikki Haley's playing the race card and saying she didn't get to go to beauty pageant because she was brown, um, that tells you how far behind she is and how desperate she is. Anyone that plays the race card, Al Sharpton, Joy Reid, Joy Behar, the entire cast of The View, those are the people you're affiliating with when you play the race card. You know who never played the race card but was accused of it 24-7? Donald Trump. That's the kind of leadership we need. A man who doesn't care whether you're brown, blue, black, orange, male, female, whatever, who you go home with at night. He cares about the best guy or woman for the job. And if Nikki Haley's advertising her color already, maybe she's going to continue the white rage, DEI, transgender ideology of the Department of Defense, Mark Milley, Joe Biden and Secretary Austin. Voters should vote on that. Cash, I love having you on the program because one, um, you have been so professionally right. You predict things months and years before they happen. You've done so on this program. Um, I, we probably should build our own cash stinger where it's like somebody <laughs> telling the future, right? Like the 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 great whatever Johnny Carson used to do, right? Where he uh, where it holds stuff up to his head and he'd predict things. Um, well, I got one but, for you. I wasn't planning on rolling this out yet, but if you want. Sure. One. Okay. Well, I was going to continue my compliment, but please. All right. Uh, no. So Chris Ray just testified to Congress or informed Congress that he is guaranteeing the election security of the United States of America. Now, you got to ask yourself, wait a second, what does that mean? How, how, can, how can he do that? Somebody call Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, and the other guys. And ask them if they have canceled every one of their contracts with the FBI's election task force to censor United States information. Ask them. Ask them if taxpayer funded contracts are still in play 
from the FBI and DOJ to these social media giants and whether or not they are meeting with them weekly and monthly with FBI leadership to talk election security. So this is still ongoing, what yep. you're saying, like the same the same censorship regime for social media to ding people or ban them from questioning the results of the election. This is still ongoing. No, the same people that met leading up to the last election, the FBI and Twitter, the FBI and Facebook and their 80 person election security task force would go there and tell and suggest, oh, you can't put this out. You shouldn't put that out. It is not the FBI's job <clears throat> to tell media companies what they should and should not put out. And the media should be revolting that a law enforcement agency is dictating to the media what they can and can't put out. But of course, they're giving them a hall pass because what they don't want them putting out is anything pro-Trump. And as we spent millions, tens of millions of dollars as taxpayers allowing for this election rig job to happen, and we are essentially allowing it to happen again because no one at these companies is shredding these contracts. Wow. I thought that X had done that, but you're saying that they're, 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 they're still that back, the back door into the social media, like ban this, ban this, yeah. ban this account. Still there. It's remarkable. It makes you wonder, like, when do you think they're going to when do you think they're going to come after and take down Tucker Carlson's account for interviews like this? Since we're talking about election integrity, Ken Paxton dropping fire this weekend saying, hold up, like the reason they stopped the vote counting during the 2020 election was in order to figure out how many mail-in ballots to apply to the actual vote totals. This is what Tucker Carlson broadcast recently. They stopped counting votes on election night? Because what they needed to figure out was how many real votes there were so they could figure out how many mail-in ballots to apply to the election. That's what they would have done in Texas, I'm convinced. So you think that was fraud, right? I have no doubt, having been through that whole process. It wasn't just a water leak? <laughs> it was definitely planned. I mean, it would have happened in Texas, I promise but you. But can you just stop counting ballots on election night when everyone's watching TV? Oh, I know. Have you ever seen that before, ever? For three hours? Well, you tell me. You're the one. I have you're never in seen, I've never seen it before in my life. I was like, I knew it when they stopped. And it was, and Trump is leading in all these states. I knew exactly what they were doing. They were, because there's no way to know where those mail-in ballots came. Anybody could have filled them out. Anybody. There's no way to know where those ballots came from. That's, that's not a dangerous conspiracy theory? It's, I'm, I watched it happen. <laughs> I was a part. So you're telling me that they're going to ban clips like that again in the 2024 election. And as the chief of staff to the Department of Defense, um, that that there's no infrastructure around to like stop it. It's ongoing. It's very simple to stop. Congress just shuts off the spigot of taxpayer money that pays for that contract or the social media company, Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, whoever cancels the contract. That's easy. Now, and, 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 you know, Ken's obviously one of the best AGs we got in the country, and he's talking about they stopped counting the votes. Well, how about here in my home state of Nevada? They're doing another election rig job. This is my primary ballot for the state of Nevada. It says vote on February 6th for your candidate for Republican nominee. Look whose name's not on there, Donald Trump. Look whose name's on there. Two people that have dropped out of the race. Feb 6, Clark County. You know what this is? State leadership in this country is allowing Nikki Haley to continue to run a primary when Nevada has been governed by a caucus for 40 years. The Nevada GOP caucus is on February 8th. There is nothing at play on February 6th except the election rig job for the mainstream media to say, oh, Nikki Haley won the primary. It is completely meaningless. 
No delegates get awarded for the primary. State leadership here in the state of Nevada is permitting. This is going out to every Nevada, three and a half million people. And people are like, wait a second, I should vote for that? No, you need to show up to the caucuses on Feb 8 and go and caucus for my guy, Donald Trump, and make sure he gets all the electoral uh, candidate uh, votes from the state GOP. So you can either not count ballots or create an alternate universe where you're allowing a voting system to prop up a sham candidate. This is incredible. I, I, I like I've heard rumblings of this, but I never actually saw the ballot itself. So there's the GOP in Nevada are keeping Donald Trump off the ballot. No, for a fake primary. The, not the GOP, the Nevada state leadership. They are in charge of the Nevada primary. The GOP in Nevada is run by great guys, Mike Davis, um, Seagal and company who are saying, no, we're, we, we caucus on Feb yeah. 8th. There, there's a reason that, look, they're so cheeky. There's a reason. It says none of the above. That's how they get away with it. So they can say, oh, if you don't want to vote for any of these guys, you just vote none of the above. I will obviously be voting none of the above because none of these people should be president of the United States and we shouldn't participate in a scam. It's incredibly fraudulent. Your your thoughts, though, I did want to drill down because that 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 clip is really making the rounds of the Texas attorney general saying they tried to do it in Texas. This is what happened. They paused all five swing, the five biggest swing counties in all swing states at the same time. I've never seen that ever happen in an election. Um, you were working in the administration at the time. Can you give me your perspective on like what was happening? Like, what were you doing on election night? What did what did what was your reaction when you saw that given your position? I mean, it's frustrating. Look, my role really the whole time was national security defense intel. So I didn't have a an active role in the election process. I was more of a campaign deal. Um, but when you see the success that Donald Trump had in the national security arena, sealing the border, defeating Iran, shutting down the wars, shutting down the drug trade, you know, the list goes on. You wonder how an electorate in the state of Texas could possibly not vote a border state for the policies of Donald Trump, because they were so resoundingly victorious to protect our communities. So when you look at it from a policy perspective, you're just like, WTF, how, what is going on? How are Americans going the other way? And now we see all the ways and why. Yeah, I mean, now it do, it does, in fact, uh, indeed seem like a hoax. And the more we learn about January 6th, obviously, um, yeah. it seems like a cover up now. So. January 6th committee deleted hundreds of files. This is a story breaking out uh, from this morning from Fox News. Um, you spoke to this committee. You engaged with this committee. You run committees, obviously, inside of the House. Uh, is this illegal? Yes. I was the first person subpoenaed by the unselect committee. My transcript was the last one released, even though they wrote to us and my attorneys that we would release it. And this committee, it doesn't surprise me that they're burying and destroying evidence. I submitted into my transcript, into my sworn deposition testimony, five government reports from the Biden administration that they excluded from my testimony. The same thing they did in Colorado when I was a lead witness for Donald Trump. They excluded the Mayor Bowser letter where she refused Donald Trump's request authorization for National Guard. The Nancy Pelosi demand where she issued an edict to the Capitol Police saying, in writing, no to the National Guard. This was the crux of the insurrection narrative. And the two documents that exonerate President Trump were excluded. And they weren't written by Donald Trump. They were written by Pelosi and Bowser and the Capitol Police. And it gets worse. Joe Biden's Department of Defense Inspector General, Joe Biden's DOD IG, 
reviewed January 6th, and his findings were the following. And I submitted that to the January 6th committee. The Trump administration and its Department of Defense before, during, and after January 6th acted appropriately, swiftly, and in accordance with the law when it came to the deployment of the National Guard. How can that be a finding of Joe Biden's inspector general and Donald Trump still be prosecuted for insurrection? It is legally impossible, but the disinformation campaign continues. And to your point, why did they delete the, this information? It's not the only information. It's so they wouldn't have to produce the evidence that actually exonerates Donald Trump. This is the ultimate <clears throat> election time rig job by the House of Representatives, and judges are going along with it by selectively excluding evidence of innocence. These judges are doing it in Colorado and elsewhere. Could there be criminal charges for the people that did the deleting here? I mean, are we, we're seeing a Hillary Clinton 2.0, right? Like the, she's they're deleting now the evidence um, and they are obstructing justice. You've been a prosecutor inside of the DOJ. Do you see a case here for them to actually go after the staff members or the people who punched the delete button, the people who gave the orders inside of this unselect committee? There absolutely should be an investigation. As a national security prosecutor, I'm furious that um, information was, as a former federal public defender, the guy who punched for due process every day, I'm furious that information and evidence was deleted by the January 6th committee. And hang on, when people are saying, oh, it's the House of Representatives, you know, it's not DOJ, that's not how the constitution works. The Department of Justice and the prosecutors knew about this information. And if they didn't provide it to the defendants of January 6th, those are Brady violations. That is a violation of constitutional Supreme Court law. And there needs to be an investigation on whether or not this committee provided that information to the prosecutors. And there should be a question. Here's the pivotal question. Did the prosecutors go to the committee and get this information? And you know why we know we did? they did? Because government gangsters always write about their own corrupt ways. The DOJ wrote a letter to the Jan 6 committee saying, we are going to let you, the House of Representatives, proceed first. For the first time that I can ever remember in criminal DOJ history, DOJ bent the knee to House of Representatives and said, you guys proceed. And you guys collect information. And when you guys get it, you send it to us. They knew. They were in on it. And now DOJ needs to answer the question, do they have that deleted information? And did they turn that over to the defendants in January 6th? And Congress is the only one that can get that information. So I don't know, Benny, I don't know. I have much confidence if we're going to get any of it. I mean, unless Donald Trump becomes president again and then right. uh, Attorney General Cash Patel happens, <laughs> right? <laughs> Attorney General Cash Patel uh, would, of course, be in the easiest Senate confirmation battle we've ever fought and <laughs> also would possibly be able to shed some light on the entrapment job that was claiming Kamala Harris was inside of the United States Capitol and then ratcheting up charges on J6ers when in fact we know where Kamala Harris is because we have now the security footage thanks to Revolver News. You can see Kamala Harris's security detail outside of the DNC. In fact, this is the exact moment that the so-called pipe bomb was discovered right. in front of the DNC. Now these clips have gone absolutely thermonuclear. Um, no, let's put up the Twitter thread, please. Thermonuclear, thanks to our friend Darren Beatty. And this is, of course, a seven-minute uh, clip of the extremely curious uh, reactions of the Secret Service when the announcement of a pipe bomb uh, was made at the DNC. And the curiosity of this is, one, a Capitol, plainclothes Capitol Police officer discovered the bomb. 
no, nobody even acted urgently afterwards for minutes on end. Um, everyone kind of, everyone just like let children walk in front of it and like normal pedestrians walk in front of it. Uh, and the pipe bomb, of course, bears like really strange resemblance to the pipe bombs that are used inside of the FBI uh, as their as their test cases uh, for for trainings. Um, Darren goes in on this clip uh, in great detail, but says that it's very, very strange. I don't know if you've studied this at all, Cash. I assume you probably have. It's been seen by 15 million people. Um, what does this footage tell us about? that moment in this particular narrative of there being two pipe bombs at the RNC and DNC. And you're right, Darren has done a brilliant job, but let's just put a button in that for one second and, and, and just sort of rewind the tape and come in from a macro level. There was an allegation that the vice president elect of the United States was about to be blown up by a bomber. Now we're three years down the road and we have no details of that investigation. No one has been prosecuted. No one has been arrested. And we now know that there's CCT video footage of the individual responsible for putting the pipe bomb there, that they actually followed him through the subway and out into Arlington, Virginia. Are we to believe that the FBI couldn't track this guy down? What are you talking about? How is that humanly possible that there are no leads and no information on this? And why hasn't Congress asked furiously demanded that a bombing to kill the vice president-elect of the United States has not been handled better. We know nothing today. And forget whether it's Kamala Harris or whoever, that's not the point. The point is that the evidence is now mounting, thanks to Darren's great work and your great work um, and others, that there's a reason the government gangsters at the FBI under Chris Wray are hiding this information about this investigation. And no one in the Republican-led majority Congress is demanding a single case file, a single source file, a single piece of information that's saying, what the heck happened? You attacked our center of democracy if the allegations are true. And how can you not arrest one person? Do you think the Federal Bureau of Investigation can't find a bomber in the United States of America? Has any one bomber ever gotten away? You've worked inside the DOJ. Yeah. You're a prosecutor inside the DOJ. What do you make of this, seeing the evidence uh, before you? It's extremely troubling. One, if the allegations are true, that there is a bomber in the United States of America running wild who tried yeah. to blow up a vice president-elect of the United States. And in the flip side, if the allegations aren't true or there was some government ruse, or some FBI rogue source, or whatever, I don't know because I don't have the case files, then there's another corruption scandal in and around an election time narrative that they're advancing today that we still don't know about. And Congress, all they're doing is giving Chris Ray a new FBI headquarters building in Maryland that's twice the size of the Pentagon. You get rewarded for your criminal cover-up government gangster operations if you are in government and this Congress continues to let you do it. Such a great point that you just made. There's never, never been a bomber, not just a bomber, right? Like, But like a guy that went after the centers of power and after the second most powerful person constitutionally in America, the vice president. That person remains unfound. <laughs> also like putting together, I mean, you can find the, the DNA on the bag of cocaine at the White House. You can certainly find DNA on something that is as intricate as a pipe bomb, right? 
They got the guy on TV. They have the footage. It's public. So why degrade the footage? Because Darren's also gone in on this. And this was also a curious question asked by Tucker. Why degrade the footage of the bomber? Like, why do that? Look, in the, in the beginning stages of investigation. Okay. Remember the Boston Marathon bombing? Obviously mm-hmm. you do. The yes. way the FBI and smartly found Sarnayev is they took the CCT footage from the local cafe, uh, coffee shop or whatever it was near the finish line of that tragedy. And they put that footage out for the world to see. The yeah. FBI deliberately put it out there. And then people called the FBI and said, I know that guy. I know who that is. And that's how we found Sarnaya. And there's nothing wrong with using the community and the power of the community to go after a bomber. The FBI hasn't once put out this footage with clarity for the world to say, hey, we need an assist. And it's okay for the FBI to get an assist. That's what sources do. That's what witnesses do. That's what America does. We don't let criminals get away. We call the cops when we see someone breaking the law. And the FBI, hey, why haven't you put out a clear image of this and asked America, who is this person? Mm. You guys know him? He takes the subway in the D.C. area. He got out at Virginia. I don't know if he was the bomber or an associate of the bomber, just to be clear. I don't know. But neither does the FBI for to take them at their word. And they could simply just ask for an assist. And they don't. Really telling, really unbelievably telling cash. I I love having you on here because you've seen these machines from the inside. But what you've really seen from the inside is the way that Donald Trump functions. I do want to get your final takeaway on some of these massive victories for Trump, where the campaign is now, where Trump's head is now. And what's the what 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 happens next moving forward? Obviously, the primary is tomorrow. Yeah, look, I think, you know, you are seeing a unique time in presidential election history. Mostly it's always economy, 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 and rightly so. That's what should be a priority. But what you're seeing also is this booming interest in national security, defense, and intel. What you're seeing is that they are probably equal to each other in this presidential election cycle. And I think the reason President Trump is doing such a brilliant job, partly on the campaign trail, is because he's talking about the things that matter to Americans. Things that matter to Americans are a sealed border. The things that matter to Americans are um, shutting down the CCP so no more of our youth die in the streets of America from fentanyl overdose. The things that matter to everyday Americans is they don't want our sons and daughters shipped off to endless wars. The things that matter is a commander in chief who kicks the ass out of the cartel in Mexico and shuts down the human smugglers and takes on Iran, the CCP and Russia. These are things that matter that are permeating with the economic situation in America. And Donald Trump's Agenda 47 is better than everybody else's combined, including Nikki's. And I think that's resonating in Iowa. It's going to resonate in New Hampshire. And then everybody come out here to my home state of Nevada and come caucus with us on Feb 8, where hopefully Donald Trump will seal this thing up. But I think that's it, Benny. Usually it's economy, economy, economy. And I'm not saying don't focus on the economy. I'm just saying these calamitous situations of national security have gotten the attention of everyone. And no one in the Biden administration can provide um, an answer to safeguard our freedoms, but Donald Trump can. It's it's why I was complimenting you at the, the beginning of the, the interview is that you always like, you're perfect. You're like a perfect lead into everything we want to talk about. You and I are of like the same, we focus on the same things. And I get, based on your answer, I just have to toss this up on screen because this must've enraged you. Fears grow that Trump will use military in dictatorial way if he returns to White House? What the hell is going on here? They say that the Department of Defense, 
who you 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 were the the you were uh, the chief of staff for the Department of Defense and the deputy deputy director of national intelligence. You were in charge of this organ. They're saying that they are at, they are effectively working to ensure that Donald Trump won't have dictatorial powers over the military now in case he wins. Huh? Look, this is Russiagate 27.0. It's their next disinformation campaign. They failed on everything. The DOJ just admitted the Hunter Biden laptop was real. No crap. Um, and we now know what happened on January 6th. We now know there was no insurrection. We now know Donald Trump. We've known the entire time, but the mainstream media has failed to correct it, that Donald Trump authorized 10 to 20,000 National Guard two days before January 6th. So what do they go to next? Their next disinformation campaign, right? They can't get Trump off the ballot for insurrection because he's not guilty of insurrection. So now they're saying he's going to be a dictator. Based on what? Based on the guy sitting next to him, Chairman Mark Milley, who said he cares more about white rage than defending his nation. Based on Chairman Mark Milley, the guy sitting next to him who called his Chinese counterpart during the Trump administration when he worked for me and said, I will warn you if we attack the CCP and broke the law as the chairman of the United States. Based on that, based on Trump's preemptive notion to secure January 6th and the grounds 48 hours beforehand, what what military did he seize? What military did he become a dictator of? We wiped out the emirs of ISIS, killed Baghdadi and Soleimani, destroyed al-Qaeda senior leadership, brought home 54 American hostages and detainees, more than every president performed combined, ended three of the forever wars, and had a ground plan based in intelligence to withdraw out of Afghanistan. What of, out of any of those successes tells you that Donald Trump is going to be a dictator? Of course he's not. He actually was the best national security president in the history of the United States, and the mainstream media hates him for it. And the guy sitting on the other side of Trump is another example of a defense industrial complex. He's the male version of Nikki Haley, the Raytheon guy who got a $10 million golden parachute after we fired him from the Trump administration for failing to execute Donald Trump's agenda. What is dictatorial about that? Nothing. It, it does seem like the fix is in and that they are planning on Trump coming back to power and they are already making yeah. uh, head roads to ensure that he can he, they kneecap once again a Trump administration uh, while it's while it's getting its feet under it. And that is precisely what they did last time. And I hope that I hope that what in whatever role you serve in the next Trump administration, that you are guarding heavily against that cash. <laughs> Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, with you, man. you can help guard cash by going to fightwithcash.com. You can go to governmentgangsters.com and get Cash's brand new book. You can get the signed copy. Makes for a uh, makes for a fantastic gift. We got Valentine's Day right around the corner. <laughs> uh, cash, God bless you. Godspeed. Hopefully we'll see you. Maybe we'll go out to Nevada for the cocktail. That'd be fun. Come on out, man. We'll have a great time. Thanks for having me on the show and have a great day. Godspeed, man. Ooh, baby. That was some news. Very interesting. What does what is, uh, Cash Patel think about these interesting pipe bombing videos that are now popping up? What are they not telling us? What will we find out when Donald Trump wins in 2024. What will we learn? How many files are being actively preemptively deleted? How many people are in a sweaty, clammy hammed panic in Washington, D.C. right now covering their tracks? It makes Hillary Clinton's email scandal look small by comparison. 
Ladies and gentlemen, today is Monday, and that means it's Monday, Gun Day. So Joe Biden has once again threatened gun owners in America. They don't like you. They don't like your rights. They insist that you be disarmed so that they can order you to go inside of your houses for whatever uh, next special disease they have planned for all of us. No, 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 no. There's a reason why our constitution is the, it's not perfect, but is the best constitution ever written. And it's because it sort of goes in order, obviously, of the reasons that the government is evil. It starts with the, it starts with the assumption that centralized government is evil and wrong and that the people and the population, revolutionaries, uh, deserve the rights in order to ensure that they themselves can protect themselves against a tyrannical government. That's why our constitution is perfect. It's why the Second Amendment exists, and it's why Joe Biden continually threatens it because Joe Biden doesn't believe that. That's what makes Joe Biden one of the worst presidents in American history. Joe Biden, just this past weekend, was calling out American gun owners, saying they're stupid in their ownership of firearms because, well, they don't have fighter jets. If you were going to defeat the American government, you'd need fighter jets, says the guy who just surrendered Afghanistan to goat herders. Watch. And I love people who say, the blood of liberty, or excuse me, the, excuse me, the tree of liberty is water with the blood of patriots. Well, guess what, man? I didn't see a whole lot of patriots that are out there walking around making sure that we have these weapons. Well, and if you really want to worry about the government, you need an F-16. Oh, okay. So this, I mean, obviously spells out precisely what Biden believes about the role of government, which is to use full military force against the American people. Like, let's take a step back and just say, what is the, what is Joe Biden telling us? He sees us as the enemy that needs to be brought to heel by the American military, that he wishes to deploy the American military against us. That's at the core of Joe Biden's belief system, as the core of uh, every every tyrant's belief system. This is why the Second Amendment, of course, is of course so important. It's why the AR-15 uh, is such an important firearm. My AR-15s are provided by Spikes Tactical. It is the AR-15 of choice in the Johnson household. And you see them beautifully on the wall behind me here, ladies and gentlemen, uh, right next to the Donald Trump mugshot. Make sure that we protect our liberty and ensure that you do so in a way that is um, highly functional and fashionable. Spike Satical, ladies and gentlemen, a fine firearm. Something that we do on this program uh, with regularity is to ensure that you have the best knowledge and have the best news acumen and understand what is happening behind the scenes and, as best we can, give you an uplifting to ensure that you know that times are not getting darker are getting brighter, that we can be salt and light to this world, and that, ladies and gentlemen, hope is not lost. 
The way that we do this, of course, is to ensure that our liberties and uh, the truth that binds us all together is uh, spoken loudly. There's a lot of power in simply speaking truth. This is how Christ banished Satan when Satan came to tempt Christ. He said, Christ just simply spoke. He didn't have big uh, voluminous arguments with Satan. He just spoke simple truths and Satan fled. And so we want to ensure that we bring you uplifting, that you bring we bring you knowledge, and we bring you truth on every single show. And that is why the verse of the day exists. Roman, Romans 15, 13, our verse of the day. May God, may the God of hope fill you with joy, peace, and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Hope is mentioned in that short verse twice. We hope for a better America. We wish to manifest that by our actions and by doing this program and by ensuring uh, there is a future for my kids, your kids, and for this country. They were born here. They're actually native to America. They're Americans, you see. And um, it's actually our obligation to ensure they have a future. And that's what we do on this program. We say God bless you and Godspeed. It's your boy Benny fighting right alongside you. See ya.